Welcome to In the Trenches, a weekly podcast series dedicated to entrepreneurial leadership, the principles and values that define and develop it, as well as actionable steps that you can take to immediately lead your team to victory. Good morning. Um, my name is Eric LeClaire, and I represent Push Press. We are starting a brand new series called In the Trenches, A Portrait of Leadership Through Crisis. And I am so happy and honored to have with me today, John Stahl. He's one of my very favorite coaches. I've had a chance to get to know him through a bunch of different initiatives and projects with Push Press. And um, John brings a tremendous amount of character and personality and discipline and focus to the table. And I am just super happy that we get a chance to open this leadership series uh, with John's take on this. So if you wouldn't mind, John, could you tell me a little bit about MKT? Yeah, MKT, we opened in uh, January of 2017. Um, right now we have three coaches that, that work full-time with me, um, where it's their sole job is to be a coach. Um, and they, they earn their income through personal training and nutrition coaching and coaching classes. And um, we have 120 members in our gym. and we really follow CrossFit true to the manner born. We really believe in the methodology. I love the vision that Greg Glassman has, has painted up and the mission that they're pursuing. And we're behind it a hundred percent. Our gym has a thriving community. Uh, we really, from day one, wanted a family atmosphere, a family community. And, and, and that has really saved us through these tough times. You know, you see a lot of gyms and chains and franchises that, completely shut down and they're not earning any revenue and we have gyms all around us that are really suffering right now but thanks to our community and our ability to evolve and move fluidly and quickly through this we've been able to increase the value that we provide for our members and maintain them um so it's it's yeah we, I, mkt is my life and it's is it's my life's work coming to fruition and all my experiences thus far have led to an amazing gym. Awesome. So I would, I, you know, I'd be hard pressed to ask this because you seem at least outward facing uh, that you've got everything squared away. And so from a personal standpoint, if I were to ask you, do you have a belief or an, like an operational definition of leadership that you uh, hold dear to you or care to emulate? Dude, I kind of steal this from John Maxwell. You know, as I've always believed that a, a great leader knows the way, goes the way, and then shows the way. And doesn't ask anybody to do anything that they won't do themselves, is the first to act and to dive in, and also builds people up. You know, I've had coaches that I've loved and I've had coaches that I hated and I learned equally from them all. Uh, I've learned the way I don't want to coach. And I look at my, my staff and my team as, as my teammates. And if I was going to be their captain, you know, how would I want to support them and encourage them and, you know, I treat them the same way I would treat members. And, you know, you treat everybody with, with kindness and grace. And um, I don't lead with a heavy hand. I, I lead with, come with me. Let's do this with me. Can, how can I help you? You know? Um, so yeah, I have a, I, I, I believe I have a, 
a unique style that's been meshed from many different experiences and influences that I've taken the best practices of what I really appreciate and what resonates with me. And, and that's kind of where I'm at. Man, I dig it. That's, that is refreshing to hear. Uh, sometimes I get in topics of discussion like this with a few affiliate owners and I ask them about characteristics of leadership or attributes of leadership and I just get no answer oh, yeah. whatsoever. Um, have you studied leadership or do you read or try to improve upon yourself from an owner's or leader's standpoint? I have. And it started when I, I worked as a freaking bus boy at IHOP and I wanted to, I wanted to move up. I wanted to earn more money. I knew I could help more people um, within the restaurant and I wanted to become a manager. And so I started reading books like how to win friends and influence people started listening to every podcast I could started reading everything that John Maxwell was putting out at the time and listening to a lot of YouTube videos. And so I was just really hungry. I knew that I wasn't, I was the right person, but I didn't have the right skill sets and experiences yet. And I didn't really have mentors either. So I had to seek them out and I knew I needed more help. And so, yeah, I've been all in on studying leadership for the past 10 years. Outstanding. Any um, like illuminating moments or the, the big bright light bulb aha moment where you were ready to dive in and charge into the fitness industry? Yeah, actually, it happened when um, I was actually in prison. And when I was in prison, I spent my time reading and working out and, and working. I was lucky enough to uh, kind of stay out of trouble long enough to get on, um, you know, good graces with the prison and able to, to work. Um, but other than that, I was just reading and studying and working out. And I read every muscle and fitness magazine that I could get my hands on. And in the back of one of the magazines one day was uh, advertisement for a certified personal trainer. And the whole time, you know, for about three months leading up to that, I was just completely torn. I'm like, how am I ever going to get a good job? I'm a felon. How am I going to make it in this world with this label? And it occurred to me that, well, if I run my own business, nobody's going to do a background check or asking me for my resume before they hire me for my service. And I've always been, you know, a people pleaser. I've always gone out of my way to want to help and serve other people. And I knew that if I was going to turn my life around and make a difference in this world, I had to completely devote myself to serving others and turn my life into a life of service. And so, yeah, that's, that's how I kind of was like, you know, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get out. I'm going to get education. I'm going to get certified and I'm just going to start training people how to work out. It's what I know how to do. What a whirlwind of difference, man. That must feel inside amazing. Oh man, it's yeah, just to see like dreams come true, like and build that confidence in myself of aiming at something, knowing if I do the work and take the steps to get there, I could do it. And I know if I can freaking do it, I can coach anybody else to do it, man. Yeah. And so now, did that help prepare you to develop a staff? I'm trying to get like a background for the audience that's going to be listening to this. Were you challenged when it came to developing? Uh, other coaches or um, other managers. Yeah, that's that's always been a challenge for me because I've really like I know how to do things the way that I want them to be done, and I've never really actually even sought out 
um, other coaches or, you know, try to pull people along. Um, every coach on my staff right now has, has come to me by a referral, you know, a member going to a coach and say, Hey, you gotta, if you want to coach, you should go work with John. You know, I never really had a, you know, I didn't start out with a formal, you know, onboarding and coaching development process. And I still don't, um, necessarily believe in, you know, formal evaluations and, it's just a constant feedback loop of water cooler talk as coach Bergeron would call it is like, you know, we have feedback every day after every class. I ask my coaches, Hey, what could I do better? I asked, you know, they ask me, what can I do better? And, and we just have open dialogue and, and work it out. Um, and it works. Yeah. yeah it works. Awesome. Um, well, obviously none of us could have thought or envisioned or prepared truly for the extent of this. I mean, go back two weeks, go back three weeks. And we saw conversations and we saw, we read nervousnesses and we saw certain states taking action faster than other states. And it was almost like a domino effect. One state started to issue some considerations. Another state started to follow suit. And before you knew it, you had statewide closures. You had stay at home orders. You had, um, you know, for us in California, we watched, other states closed down before we did. And luckily that gave us, let's say a week advance notice. Um, briefly take me through your timeline of you watching this happen at the national level while preparing at your local level. You know, it's, it's kind of like seeing um, like, it's kind of good, like going through a bad breakup. Like you can kind of see the writing on the walls and you're kind of in denial at first. You're like, no, I don't want to mess up my, my cozy life, you know, and everything I have going on. And so you're in a little bit of denial. And I went through that too. I'm like, oh my gosh, we're, we're fit and we're strong. We live in Missouri. We're in the middle of the country. Not, it, everything reaches us last and it's not going to be that big of a deal. And then about two weeks ago, kind of reality slapped me in the face. And then you go through like, okay, this is reality. And then a little bit of a grieving process. I went through a couple of days where I was just a puddle of mud, you know, like, what am I going to do and how am I going to support my coaches and support my members? And, you know, I, all of this is so new for me. I knew I had a big challenge ahead of myself. And um, so it took me a couple of days to really tie my boots up and say, all right, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to do it. Um, what yeah. pulled you out of that funk? What pulled you out of that mud? Just knowing that I had so many people relying on me, you know, it's like my members, they needed direction. They needed to know, Hey, everything's going to be okay. You know, and so do my coaches, like they, they need to be, man. And, um, that's really what it's about. You know, plus, you know, I have a family that I have to take care of. I have a son, I have, you know, this is my livelihood and I'm not going to, I'm not going to go down. You know? Right. Good. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. So what we're, um, we want to kind of break the last chunk into kind of a before, during and after. So we, before we knew that all these different gym owners were kind of acting or I should say reacting to the situation because it was fluid. It was changing almost on a daily basis. Um, talk to me about where you, you were mandated to shut down or you chose to shut down. And then what actions did you take immediately upon the shutdown? Yeah. So we had, um, you know, it was, it was important to me to show the community that we're doing our part. And so a week before that we were mandated, our city got a stay at home order um, about 10 days ago. And a week before that, we had already, like I kind of seen it coming and it started slowly transitioning. So I put class caps on our classes 
um, and said, okay, we're only going to have eight people in a class with a coach. And that lasted for about a week. Then I started offering the classes at the gym, but I started doing Zoom classes the week prior before the stay at home order. So okay. I already started to transition and kind of work through this in phases. Um, yeah. Okay. Now we're in the, the, the during phase. I mean, really now I'm, I believe every state has gyms mandated as closed. Mm -hmm. Um, and we've all had to pivot every single gym owner, coach trainer is now a distance coach, a distance trainer utilizing technology like zoom or uh, whatever other video conferencing software they choose to use. That's what's expected. And this is kind of, I, I don't want this to be seen as a trick question. Um, however, we know that competent and quality leaders are always going above and beyond. So if there's an expectation to do A and B, the competent quality leader is going to be doing A and B for sure, delivering a high value additional service. I mean, uh, excellent service, but they're also going to be taking the initiative to do other things. And so besides delivering the classes, what else is MKT doing? Not in, not in delivering fitness content, but as leaders in the community, leaders of your staff, and what are you charging your coaches to be doing in this time above and beyond delivering classes? Any projects you want to share? You know, I, I kind of told my coaches that not much really changes. You know, if we, we truly believe in the model of like we put our community first, we put our coaches first, we work on developing our coaches, we work on building community, developing our community and our relationships. And then we focus on our systems and processes and marketing and profits, right? And so for them, what I've done is I have divided up all of our members amongst my three key coaches. And so they all have 40 clients um, that they are in charge of and they're held accountable to contacting them once a week via their preferred method of communication. And the initial meeting there, it's just like a coaching call. It's just like a consultation. We're doing goal setting, we're setting action steps, and we're really getting them honed in and focused on, hey, what am I gonna do to stay active and to continue making progress towards my goals? And then each week the coach will call them and follow up with them weekly so that um, they can hold them accountable or adjust action steps, but more so right. to just let the members know that we care and that we're available and that we're here for them. Um, and that hasn't changed either. You know, that's, that's, and so the coaches, they get compensated 20% of each member's membership payment on their list. And that's so that's, that provides the coaches a thousand dollar base income. So right off the bat, REFT hit yesterday, we collected all of our membership payments and when the next payroll hits, I'm cutting the coaches 20% right off the top. And then the coaches also are doing personal, writing personal training programs. And I kind of said, hey, during this time, guys, if you want to write any of our current members' online programs, that's, you guys can, you can handle that with them. You know? And, yeah. Okay. Um, thinking through the potential for disaster meaning months of this, have you sat down and uh, either written or thought through it's April? What about May? What about June? Have you been having those hard conversations with your staff yet um, from a communication standpoint, like we're going to weather the storm or, or, or anything? Have you talked
talk me through that if you, if you have anything. Sure. And that is definitely super important to keep things realistic and not to overpromise. And so like they know that they are going to have to be hungry. Like they're going to have to get out there and hustle a little bit too. And so some of them are, have been hired by our current members to do odd jobs like landscaping. And they're kind of keeping that on their forefront. But um, also what we're doing is we have already developed an online personal training service through our website. And so um, right now we're getting a lot of practice at developing content and marketing and working with our current members. And so we're launching a camp marketing campaign next week to start pulling in more clients from online and it's actually really refreshing i've had two members say what can i pay you to have access to your online zoom classes and to get the sugar code and to get back into the private facebook group for members only like they yeah. the members are talking and they're talking to their friends and family and they're saying hey this isn't a very valuable service and it's keeping me going i'm actually having some members working out six days a week who barely made it to the gym two or three days a week just awesome. because they don't have to commute. You know, it's, they get to sleep a little bit more. Um, and so I see so much good coming out of this and it's really challenging us that, you know, we're all survivors. I think any good coach has been through some survived some adversity has gone right. through it and, and is kind of prepared to handle change and to evolve into uh you know, roll, roll with the punches and face adversity head on. Would you say if you were to have to speak honestly about yourself, um, any major nervousnesses or fears in yourself that you've had to personally work on during this time? The biggest fear is just losing the members, you know, and, you know, not being able to deliver to the members and to the coaches and seeing these people that I care about and love so much, you know, suffering or going on somewhere else, you know, finding right. something else like that. I don't want to lose um, any of my relationships. Like that's just the most important thing to me about this whole thing. I've, I've noted, I've built the family that I've always wanted in my gym. And so that's the biggest fear I have. I have a, you know, I have a, pretty unique situation where I have a great partner who handles all the finances and works with our accountant and they're diligently working with the SBA um, loans. And I'm very, I feel very secure as far as financially um, with the way the future is going. We've been smart with our money this past year. We've been stacking money in the bank and it's, uh, it's paying off now. It gives me the quiet confidence to keep, like doing these small little things that we have to do every single day and be able to focus on the details without being consumed with the worry of the big picture, you know? Good. Excellent way to stay focused, man. It's such a, such an important aspect of maintaining control and only focusing on what you can control logically in, you know, time sensitive moments. Right. So like, tomorrow, April 3rd, documentation is due for those loans. Some people are still busy spinning off, falling away from their focus. They're missing this chance. Mm -hmm. And I love hearing your framework uh, for your organization and for keeping people moving, focused, client-centered, coach-centered, and then of course yourself. Um, any message you want to share, this will be the last piece, any message you want to share to gym owners right now that are struggling? 
if you were to have to lend a hand or share one bit of knowledge, what would you tell the struggling gym owner today? I would tell them to ask for help. You know, it's, if you're feeling overwhelmed and you don't know what to do, you've got to seek somebody out who's got a handle on it and take, take what you can and make it your own and, and roll with it. Um, this is not the time to, to hide away. We have every opportunity right now to, to kind of hide away. We don't have to be in front of people every single day. Um, you know, I'm learning this firsthand, you know, the first week of this, I really kind of burnt myself out. I wasn't really working out. I wasn't sleeping very well. I wasn't eating the way I normally do. And I could kind of tell that my decision-making wasn't as quality towards the end of that week. And my, my patience was very, very thin. And, and so I was catching myself saying things to people that I regretted. And so I think the most important thing that we can do right now is take care of our health and keep ourselves in a state of readiness so that we are prepared to, to make smart decisions fastly, quickly, and, and with the right head on our shoulders. I dig it, man. I totally dig it. Well, I sincerely appreciate your insight. Um, my hope is that folks can take some of these steps, take some of the lessons and apply them uh, here in the coming weeks. We don't know. We don't know if this is going to be done by end of April, uh, May or June, but I'll tell you what, we circle back around in a month. Some folks might be telling a different story. So I really sincerely appreciate your time. Wow.